on a cool, clear Warren G travels through his neighborhood, searching for women with whom he might initiate sexual intercourse. He has chosen to engage in his pursuit alone. Nate Dog, having just arrived in Long Beach, seeks Warren. On his way to find Warren, Nate passes a car full of women who are excited to see him. Regardless, he insists to the women that there is no need for the excitement. Warren makes a left turn at 21st Street at Louis Ave, where he sees a group of young men enjoying a game of dice together. He puts his car and greets them. He is excited to find people to play with, but to his chagrin, he discovers they intend to relieve him of his material possessions. Once the hopeful robbers reveal their firearms, Warren realizes he is in less than favorable predicament. Meanwhile, Nate passes the women as low on his list of priorities. His primary concern is locating Warren. After curtly casting away the strumpet, uh, he serendipitously uh, can't say that word. He serendipitously stumbles upon his friend Warren G, being held up by the young miscreants. Warren, unaware that Nate is surreptitiously observing the scene unfold, is in disbelief that he's being robbed. The perpetrators have already taken jewelry and a name-brand designer watch from Warren, who is so incredulous that he asks what else the robbers intend to steal. This is most likely a rhetorical question. Observing these unfortunate proceedings, Nate realizes that he may have to use his firearms to deliver his friend from harm. Tension crescendos uh. as the robbers point their guns to Warren's head. Warren senses the gravity of his situation. He cannot believe the events unfolding could happen in his own neighborhood. As he imagines himself in a fantastical escape, he catches a glimpse of his friend, Nate. Nate has 17 cartridges to expend on the group of robbers, and he uses many of them. Afterward, he generously shares the credit for neutralizing the situation with Warren, though it is clear that Nate did all of the difficult work. Putting congratulations aside, Nate quickly reminds himself that he has committed multiple homicides to save Warren before letting his friend know that there are females nearby if he wishes to fornicate with them. Warren recalls that it was the promise of copulation that coaxed him away from his previous activities and is thankful that Nate knows a way to satisfy these urges. <laughs> that is half of a synopsis from Warren G's Regulate. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a little tribute to Nate Dogg right there. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the little passing away is just a little humor to add into this. Uh, unfortunate, sad news that Nate Dogg has indeed passed away. But um, I got told to start this sort of so welcome to the Epic Network. And I hope you liked my little story. <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't put a gun to your head and make you start it. You both no, I never did. said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just said I just got told to start it. I thought what better way to start it than with a monologue. Or a synopsis of some sort. But to you man. <laughs> Yeah, and secondly, you're listening to The Dual Perspective, number nine. And um, as you heard, that was Rams, my co-host. And I am Gary A. Swaby, a.k.a. Swift Epics. So, um, yeah, speaking of Nate Dogg, you've all heard the news, I'm sure. Especially if you've been checking out the Epic Network or the Coalition.com. And uh, unfortunately, Nate Dogg has passed away. At the age of 41 Which is very very sad Because he was still very young So yeah We just want to pay our respects 
We do. We send our condolences and sympathies to those related to Nathaniel Hale. That's his real name, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's well, quite. It's a bit shocking in a sense, like that's all happened and stuff. But uh, like, you, I never realized beforehand he had um, strokes, mate, post stroke attack, which is quite insane. Yeah, he had one. Um, he had a couple last year, I think. I think it was more than one. It's not really said yet, like what's the cause of his death, is it? So it's probably going to be something. Could be something related to that or anything. Nonetheless, I mean, my my guess is you know, um, drugs or alcohol abuse, that kind of thing. I mean, those are the things that would make someone pass away that early in life. But I mean, you you can never you can never tell. Maybe he had an illness we didn't know about. So could have had an illness, or it could be that exactly like you know, eventually it catches up onto like alcohol and the whole drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. It does unfortunately catch up to the body and uh, takes you away, really. Um, but he was an iconic voice. You know, he made simple lines of verses in his track, like really, really just. Yeah, it was kind of um, the word uh, addictive to listen to his voice more than it is to listen to the whole song. Yeah, he, like, he made um he was well known for making choruses and hooks. You know, he 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 did a lot of choruses and hooks, and he made some real you know he, he made some songs that would have sounded average, you know, into hits basically into hit records just from his voice being on on the hook. So, you know, he had yeah. that he had that talent to make a song, you know, a hit, a classic. So. Or even more of a classic. Like obviously you had Snoop Graham when they made that, and then just right at the Snake Dog, and everyone remembers that bit more than they do the track itself. <laughs> if you think about it, the same with talking uh, about um, you talking about the next episode. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It's a good song. Don't get me wrong. I mean, both verses by Andre. Hold up, wait. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that bit of the song just like you know, the track stops and then all of a sudden you do hold up <laughs> just love it yeah, it's Nate Dogg and it's just at his best um, hey, yeah 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 smoke weed every day <laughs> uh, he did it with uh, M.M. as well Shake That and uh, Till I Collapse as well although I really liked him in wait he did he didn't do Shake That did he I thought he did. Or am I thinking of the wrong song? Which was the one he did with Akon? I don't know what he did with Akon. Uh, I'm sure he did shake that. Yeah, he did shake that. Oh, okay. He's the, one that guy, he's the guy that goes, um, chorus. Oh, sing that song, sing that song, shake that, because I'm, I'm mixing it up with the, the song he did with Akon. Two for the one, two for the one, two the three. I like good pussy and I like good weed. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the lyrics now. Smoke so much weed you wouldn't believe, and I get more ass than a toilet seat. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I, I thought it was, <laughs> you know, you know, um, Akon did a track with Eminem, and it was, I think it was called Smack That actually, or something like that. That was, that was Akon's track. Yeah, I, I was, I was mixing them up. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was on uh, Shake That. He was on Telecaps. Both good, good songs. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's quite shocking because it just came out of nowhere. That's the insane part of it. It's like you know, you're just living regular life. It it just makes you think in general about life as well. It got everyone thinking really. End of the day. Um, but yeah, he will be missed definitely. Songs are really going to sound the same anymore, even though he wasn't really around for a good few months. Yeah, like, he, he, never... he's been quiet for like the past couple of years. Yeah, he... I, I wonder how long he's been like suffering and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and, and everyone, you know, everyone kind of expected him to be on detox. Like everyone was waiting to hear, you know, Nate Dog track for detox. Mm. So, do you think he's on the documentary Snoop Dogg's album coming up? Or uh, is that just tits? I I don't know what the documentary is actually. I I have no idea, but I, I'm pretty sure that Dr. Dre has a track lying around that has Nate Dogg that we haven't heard before, and he'll probably put that on the album as a tribute now. With um, with yeah. Snoop Dogg and other West Coast rappers, because I mean Nate Dogg was a real big icon for you know West Coast rap. Like I mean that there, there there won't be anyone to replace Nate Dogg on the West Coast for like ever. So, mm. I mean the West Coast loved their OGs, as you say, as you can say. Yeah. Um, and Nate Dogg was a part of that. And now that he's gone, it's going to be hard to replicate his appearance, his stature, and... And that uh, nobody, nobody will ever do a hook like Nate Dogg. Exactly. He was one of the best in making decent, decent hooks. So, yeah, rest in peace again to Nate Dogg. Um, definitely, definitely going to be... It's, it's kind of ironic, because like a couple of years back when Akon started surfacing... And he was on like every song, you know. People started to say, "Oh, he, Akon is the new Nate Dog because he's on like every hook now and stuff like that." <laughs> and then, you know, um, the song, the the song that Dr. Dre did recently called Kush, you know, um, everyone was saying that Nate Dog should have been on that, but it was Akon on there. Yeah, that was a point actually. But again, Dog had been pretty quiet in the scene. He hadn't really been. Yeah, I guess he was like sick at that time, maybe, possibly. So, so that's probably why. Otherwise, he probably would have been on that song. Yeah, definitely. Because you had Snoop, you had Dre, and you know, what is Nate Dog? It could have just been the next episode all over again, but in the year 2010. Yeah. But uh, it's unfortunate. Um. Yeah, it, it's really unfortunate, actually. It just just gets you thinking, in a sense. But at the same time, uh, I think the music world will, will move on eventually. But it's sad to see like, artists as such go. Iconic artists as such. It's a bit. So. Yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> so, rest in peace. Leave your comments, please, for Nate Dogg. And, um, you know, rest in peace to Nate Dog, rest in peace to Nujabez, rest in peace to Arm um, Guru, rest in peace to B.I.G., Tupac, you know, all the rappers that we've lost over the years. So, uh, moving on, um, Rams is going to give his opinions on Lupe Fiasco's lasers. He's actually 
had a chance to hear the album. Um, I haven't heard it yet, but I have obtained it. But you know, I haven't listened yet. So yeah, um, tell me what's up with the album. What do you think of it? No, I mean, at first, uh, I was probably like everyone else, like straight away people were giving it negative reviews and all that stuff. Lupe Fiasco took to Twitter and said, um, you know, he was disappointed by hearing the negative feedback, but he was like saying, stay strong, I'm doing this and doing that. And then he went on multiple radio shows, uh, interviews, saying, you know, Atlantic do this, Atlantic forced him to... Uh, make the show goes on and is his first track when he didn't want to they were saying that's the only way we can make lasers a hit and he was saying stuff like um, four lasers he needs to dumb it down a little bit like you know makes sense because Atlantic don't understand him and you know to be more mainstream get more commercialized and stuff and with Lupe Fiasco in a sense of the he kind of did that regards to the way the beats are and uh, the way you know you got these big name producers and in one of the tracks he's got Trey songs which I think is the only shit track on that album to be honest oh and um, there's the Trey song one and there's also I'm looking at the track list now because <laughs> I can't remember the names vaguely I don't want to care right now I think it's kind of a weird track that Lupe Fiasco kind of got on because that sounds more like a club popish uh, beat really that you know you dance to in a club and shit like that but it's a weird track but otherwise you know listening to the album more and more I'm getting used to it I'm actually liking it a lot uh, it's not his best but it's a personal album because once again, lyrically, Lupe Fiasco is is insane. Uh, he's just he's on his own level. He probably is even ahead of his own time. I don't know. But in each of the songs, he's always giving something verbally that makes a lot of sense. Makes um, it makes it makes real message come through. You know, it's not like. Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa or, you know, Lil Wayne style or Drake. I don't know what Drake sings, to be honest, but... Um, yeah, Lupe Fiasco, even though the lyrics, in some cases, were kind of just basic. In other cases, like, All Black Everything, State-run radio, Beautiful Lasers, um, they, they were really strong. They were really, really powerful, quite powerful even, and... It is a decent listen to go through. The problem is, it's like 12 tracks. 12 tracks on an album which you claim, you know, is such a personal, emotional um, album to you. You know, it's like your whole life blamed in there. I mean, if people got the deluxe version, which I think was only available in the US, they got the added bonus of um, I'm Beaming and Shining Down, plus two other tracks. But the fact that I'm Beaming and Shining Down were bonus tracks, it kind of loses its whole, uh, um, you know, it kind of loses the whole meaning of making lasers more personal. Because at the end of the day, the album is blatantly changed 
to suit the standards of Atlantic Records, which goes to show how evil they are. Raw. Um, yeah, it, the album was blatantly changed. I'm Beaming and Shining Down, I'm sure, were meant to be there originally, but then it seemingly got taken away, and only now it's added as like bonus tracks, which it should be bonus tracks. Those two songs alone uh, kind of defeat all the other tracks on the album. It definitely defeats um, I Don't Want to Care Right Now, Out of My Head, uh, Coming Up. You know, it defeats those three tracks alone. I don't know. It's very bizarre. It's a good album, I think, but only five, maybe six of the 12 tracks properly sound Lupe Fiasco. It probably sounds like Lupe did his thing, but in one of the tracks, to get there, the lyrics are really, really nice and amazing. But the beat is... Uh, it's kind of like that beat where, you know, he's saying his things, the song's about, like, how rejection has gotten to him, regards to interviews and stuff like that, and how he's growing into it, and what the disappointment, he's still moving on. But the beat kind of reminds me of Sesame Street, in a sense. It's really weird. It's just like it's one of those moments where, say, if you throw potato, like tomatoes, potatoes. Say, if you throw tomatoes at me or something like that, and then it's just one of those moments where I'm like shrugging it. And it's like I'll get there. Do-do-do-do. One of those comical, weird moments where it goes frame as well. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting album. I've kind of liked it. I've kind of. Gotten, into it all, I've grown a bit of love towards. Uh, what's your uh, What's uh, your favorite feature? Feature on the album? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say because I, I guess Sway and Break the Chain because Sway did his part really well. Sway was his verse was really really good. Yeah, I need to hear that track. It's, that's the thing. The track itself is kind of weird. See, my problem with Lupe Fiasco is this: when he dropped FNF, when he practically dropped everyone except Sarah Green, he he needed them. I think he needs them stuck with him because again, Shining Down is less meaningful because it has Matthew Santos on the album, a man who's helped. Lupe Fiasco's career get carried onwards in the hip-hop world, help, you know, make beautiful choruses, beautiful hooks, verses, and stuff like that, along with Gemstones, Shayla Green, no, Shayla G, sorry, uh, and some other artists, and he just dropped them, and it just doesn't sound right, like, in Lasers, with all these other features, like, the Trey songs ones, absolute rubbish it really is a bad song I, I actually don't like it at all um he's got MDMA who I don't know if it's Pooh Bear I, I really don't know if that is Pooh Bear but it comes up on mine as MDMA there's uh Matt someone Eric Turner's on there who's fine whatever you know and then there's John Legend on the last track It's actually an alright track, to be honest, but even then, Lupe kind of sounds bored singing over it. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, it's, 
I, I think you know when he dropped the likes of gemstones, especially. It it just didn't make sense. The chemistry he had with all those people from FNF, all those people he had from like Food and Liquor and the Cool, and majority of times in those two albums, you know, he's doing it by himself. He's singing those songs by himself. He's making those lyrics heard by himself. Um, it's bizarre, you know. It's it's really 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 odd with like these featured artists just so that you know it's mainstream popularity. It doesn't work. There needs to be more belief in Lupe, and Lupe needs to be more belief in like what made him popular. Because I feel, in a sense, like he made himself out to the dedicated fans. Like he's a bit of a messiah, and that's the wrong thing to do. The wrong thing to put um, put yourself out there as like an image of the king. You know, like what Kanye West does. You know. Um, and I think Lupe Fiasco kind of maybe got dragged away in that thought. I don't know, but at the same time, this did help release this album, and I suppose a majority of them expected something better. I don't know, but nonetheless, out of five, I would give this album three, maybe three and a half. I think it's good. The songs. Is State Radio? I think that's my favorite track. Absolutely love it. And um, you can tell some stuff are different because people expected uh, Stereo Sun, which recently got leaked or something, uh, to be on the album, and that features Eric Turner. That's an amazing track. That's really really cool. I actually really like that track. It suits Lupe, even though the beat. Well, again, something like Stereo Sun could have been a track. Atlantic could have pushed and said, you know, this is going to be on the album. Look out for it. Look at this. And um, instead, they went with the show goes on. But something like State Run Radio could have been on the, you know, could have been a push track. Uh, All Black Everything could have been a fun track. Beautiful Lasers. You no, know, weird from what, why the record label did not put much faith into Luke Esco. Yeah, well. People are record labels suck, man. <laughs> they do. I think because like Lupe Fiasco now is saying he would rather be independent, and you know he doesn't seem to want his independent is the way to go nowadays. I mean, if you really want control over your music and your fan base it and is, your money, it's, it's, <laughs> it's your money as well. It's definitely like an interesting route. It's a strong route, but it's also quite difficult to. Get away from you know. You signed with a record label, and now you're doing it on your own. It's kind of difficult to make that transaction, if that makes sense. Yeah, it can be, but、um, I mean, as long as you have money to invest in it, then you know you'll be okay. But I mean, yeah, if you if you ha- if you're signed and then you leave the contract and you know you have no money to set yourself up, you know, with your independent career, then I. I I can see it being hard, but I mean, for these、yeah. guys, it, it shouldn't be a thing to, you know, like. I mean, what do they do with the money they make from their contracts? I mean, do they well, spend it all or what? Well, that's the typical answer, really. You know, I mean, look at look at Tech Nine, man. Tech Nine is is underground. He's independent, and he's like he he's made millions near enough, 
and he's mm. he's sold millions of records. He has a big fan base and he's independent. Same thing so. with uh, Lib Quali. You know, he's got a Rainbow album. He did it himself. He kind of distributed it himself and everything. And I think that's like his third album. He did it by himself. Uh, it's it's a brilliant album as well. I, I do believe it's a contender for record of, um, album of the year, even. So it shouldn't be too hard, but I can kind of guess where Lupe's coming from when he says it would be a difficult transaction. But at the same time, if he prepares I, for it, it, you know, it will be better. Like if he prepares for the move in advance, you know, works towards it, it, it shouldn't be that much of a problem. But I mean, if it just happened, you know, um, spontaneously, I can see how it might be difficult. I mean, apparently he's already made music for... This is another thing that annoys me about rappers. Um, when the whole controversy was going on with Lasers, uh, Lupe Fiasco released Go To Sleep, which is going to be on Food & Liquor 2. Um, and he said he's already made Food & Liquor 2. So it's like, all right, we've got an actual album ready to come out. Like, if Lasers fail, or you know, when Lasers out, then in the same year, Lupe Fiasco released out Wicked. But now it's like recently he's just saying, oh, we're halfway there. So like, why are you now halfway there? Maybe he re-recorded it or something. Maybe he started re-recording it, or maybe but, he lied. I don't know. This is my thing. Is it like, is he taking? Atlantic route again this track can't be on it this track can't be on it this can't be on it and they turn out much better than the album itself it's it's irritating it's like uh, just uh, I think record labels need to put more faith into artists it's like not everyone can be a Lady Gaga not, not be a Lil Wayne or a Drake or a Nicki Minaj or I mean, the record the record labels don't like it, but they're quickly becoming a thing of the past. Because, uh, are you still there? I'm still there, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's just my Skype came up with internet connection problem. But anyways, yeah, um, yeah, record labels are quickly becoming a thing of the past. Because with the internet age, you know, and with so many um, rappers... Going independent anyway, and the, you know, um, people coming up through the internet and all this kind of stuff, they're becoming more irrelevant by the day. And it's only a select few artists that really benefit from being on a record label, like the Lady Gaga, as you mentioned, and Eminem, and 50 Cent, and Dr. Dre, and Puff Daddy, and you know, it's only the really, really Huge people that are really benefiting from record labels nowadays. I mean, for new people coming up, it's it's a long, hard road to get signed to a record label. You're, if you have a huge, huge enough fan base, you're better off just using that and going independent. In my yeah, opinion. So. Uh, that's, I, I agree. It's, yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. I'm reading your well, not yours, but uh, Ricky. He works for the coalition. He wrote a review. Oh yeah, Rakeem, yeah. Yeah, Luca yeah. Fiasco's laser. Well he says that pretty right. Cause um again, I said it earlier that Luca Fiasco was went on like numerous interviews and he said he was told, you know, don't rap too deep on this record. 
you're rapping too fast or too slow it's too complex and um, yeah what was meant to be like album message saying you know we are beautiful we are not losers we're lasers we are this we revolutions with this and that we are not this 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 you know we're not scared of opposition all that stuff you know he wrote like a whole poem he had this whole separate website as well for lasers and you know it was like a strong movement message that he wanted to put across but then the record label telling him you know you can't do this you can't do that he basically sent an album that was uh, that was standards you know to atlantic but only because it's got an review they're probably just standing in all lupe fiasco you know it, it lacked creative freedom today because i don't know if you knew it as well but like uh atlantic you know the b track nothing in you um our the year on epic network last year um yeah that it was originally Lupe Fiasco on that track. There's, it actually leaked well, online that Lupe Fiasco originally made the verses on that track with Bruno Mars on the hook, and oh, wow. it really, it it really sounded bad. It really sounded nothing like Lupe. Here, Lupe Fiasco, he doesn't really sound comfortable on the beat either. And I think like it was something like. Atlantic gave that record to him. He tried it out, but then he said, "You know, it's not his style. You know, he didn't want to use that track because it it didn't him." And that's when Atlantic gave it to Bob, and Bob did his thing, and it suited him more because Bob has that flow and theme to it. He knew what to write about. I mean, that Whereas, that's pretty believable. Did that yeah. happen? Yeah, I mean, it's on YouTube somewhere. I mean, just type it up like Lupe Fiasco. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that that was the perfect song for B.O.B. though. So, yeah, um, it's a exactly. good thing uh, Lupe was, you know, big enough to say, you know, this is not for me. But I think that's what that Atlantic as well, along with the fact that they wanted a 360 deal and everything. And you know, that's when the whole controversy happened yeah that see that's another thing like record labels are you know a thing of the past because they're trying to give out these 360 deals where they're basically raping artists <laughs> yeah i mean stones has on the facebook page himself if you follow on him he gave his opinion on lasers obviously gemstones the man who was kind of like second to Lupe Fiasco he was like them two the tracks together like We Are The Die um, Go Baby uh, The Pressure so on and so forth um, that's when Gemstones provided brilliant hooks for him as well as, as he also delivered like insane verses oh down as well but he gave his opinion on lasers and he just said straight up <laughs> you know Lupe Fiasco, and he's already waiting for him to to see what standards that can put. And I hope Food to itself kind of does justice to Food and Liquor, the first album. I really hope it does, and I hope go can go back. People like Matthew Santa, Gemstones, bring them back. He does. It was a 
such a great group. It was like a group of inspired artists. You know, like if anyone's down, the Gemstones wrote a group tape. Um, you can on the Epic Network. Uh, he mentions it in a song in Faded Pictures. You know, the group was twice as as you know, Young Money, uh, Rockefeller, all these labels that you can come and think of. F and F were were definitely just something different and fresh. And it's such a shame that he, you know, just kicked everyone out just because he wasn't on the TV list. And that's one thing that bugs me a lot. Like, who cares about the MTV list now? Enough as corrupt as record labels. Like the way yeah, the music M- does. MTV is like I consider them a thing in the past too, because I mean they haven't been to me they haven't been a credible source for like maybe even ten years. So do they even play music videos still? Like, how long has it been since they last uh, played? How, how since they last were MTV? They started up and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. You got programs that show top twenty certain genre charts, but then if you're more focused on Jersey Shore, The Hill. <laughs> all that like reality shows that are like fixed and scripted and so on and so forth uh, I don't even think I've watched MTV for years I, I've not even MTV I mean, touched that channel I mean, through it even yeah look, look out for Epic Net TV coming soon <laughs> to Sky uh, we'll be like one of those Californian news crap where it's just like frat people <laughs> making their own news channel with <laughs> camera like alright guys I got Ben down the road from me telling us the weather and what's the weather like hey yo Kyle yeah it's sunny <laughs> okay Ben thanks man that was awesome reviewing the weather and you know it's like dunning your own stuff and then we'll get st- yeah, I mean, um, the internet is replacing all that too, you know, like MTV and stuff. Because I mean, there's there's different stations that you check out on on the internet. On the internet, you know, you go to one specific source that has the stuff that you like, and you know, that's all you need. To, that's that's the only place you need to go. You know, you don't need MTV and Kiss and the Box anymore. So. Remember, remember when Fox used to be like um, you call in, <laughs> and yeah. you press your three buttons. Glad although, I, although I'm pretty uh, sure they played whatever they wanted to. <laughs> they, they just play whatever they want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is like, yeah, you call in, or fuck you, <laughs> playing this track. Yeah, they don't do the whole balloon thing anymore. Um, back. I think the two best tracks I like on that album is All Black Everything and State Run Radio. Um, overall, on the album, I think it's it's actually a decent album. I think people have been a bit too harsh on it in cases, but because they know that Lupe Fiasco hands hip hop where he's been throughout in the last two albums, I think they just expected the same feel in this one but in this case it was an unfortunate towards mainstream 
and it just you know 12 tracks on an album compared to when I think Food and Liquor had 14 and or 16 and Cool had either 16 or 18 tracks you know it just felt short it really just felt short like all the tracks just went like I play it on my iTunes and literally I hear phrases and then it goes straight to Food and Liquor and I'm like not even you know playing repeat on certain songs from the laser album i'm just ending up listening to fnl and i'm just like bopping my head to like a gotcha kick push uh the instrumental so on and so forth american terrorist so that's the caliber of what food and liquor had whereas lasers so i can listen to a song but i can't Instantly listen to it over and over again. It doesn't have that feel of repetitive uh, effect. So yeah, well, I mean, it's a good album. Like, you know, this won't, this won't be done. Trying... Oh no, go ahead. Oh right. <laughs> um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, no, it's a good album for like a mainstream attempt approach and stuff. Because at the end of the day, you listen to the lyrics, and Lupe Fiasco is still keeping it real, but. It's in some cases it's pretty generic and basic. Um, you're like, um, yeah, you're just kind of not really feeling Lupe Fiasco, to be honest. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, this won't be the last Lupe album, so you know we'll have more Lupe to look forward to in the future. And Crude and Liquor too. You know, hopefully that will be a it's lot better. His mixtape coming out, hopefully, unless that was a lie as well, but um, he promised it, saying it's called Friend of the People. So it'll have majority of the songs that possibly didn't make lasers, but will be on the mixtape anyway, like Stereo Sun. So hopefully we can look out for that soon enough. Cool. Alright, so um, we're going to move on to our first song choice. Um, both our songs today are dedicated to Nate Dog. And uh, this first one is Rams's choice. So Rams introduced the track, and then we'll go into it. Cool. It's uh, one of my favorite tracks, actually. Um, it's Mustaf and Faramanch with Nate Dog. It's called Ono. Oh the beat is insane. Whoever that beat, <laughs> it's like it's one of the coolest beats you can never hear. So. Turn it. Love it. All right, cool. We'll be back after. Yeah. One for the trouble, trouble. two for the base. base. Welcome to the great, incredible paper chase. Keep your boots laced if you wanna keep pace. Oh, no. Niggas ain't scared to hustle. It's been seven days, the same clothes. Ask them originals, cause they know. All step, Nate Dog, very bold. Step away from the mic, they too cold. The funk might fracture your nose. Say my name, say my name 
Observe for I stake my claim I independently laid down and paid my game I own two ways, my flame Cause dick riding ain't my thing I earned what they said I wouldn't I got it the way they said I couldn't But now I'm getting it and they whole grill is crooked Mad cause I'm getting kicked out for my bookings When y'all was asking permission I just stepped up and took it What? The kids better buy my rookie car now Cause after this year the price ain't coming down And if you got a joint bubbling to get money now Cause in a minute there's gonna be some real trouble coming out Just a warning As usual some cats won't heat it The hard headed always gotta feel it to believe it A shame the jealous gaze is too short to see it But when they face it the cement They nod in agreement We can play nice and decent But dirty like the 7 precinct Call it a day you make it a long evening You keep on scheming and give me some more reason To have the women in your mama's church screaming Lord Jesus Harder than y'all cause I'm smarter than y'all I know that deep down it's got to be bothering y'all Pay attention watch block gon' get larger than y'all Pour your pride on the rocks and you swallow it all The mathematic problem for y'all it just get harder to solve Every day that the saga evolved To do or die stay rumbling and bubbling hard And when we move we ain't got no discussion at all East coast on your neck and you ain't shrugging it off Try to bully foot and end up stumbling off I'm daddy Brooklyn Y'all niggas at the sons of New York Getting spanked when it's too much trouble to talk Respect Look at who they let in the back door From Long Beach to Brooklyn they go We rock from the east to west coast Queens salute you baby Step away from the mic they too cold Very contagious rap should be trapped in cages Through stages of whackness, fouls, raps are blazing And it amazes me how you claim thugs would go two ways Without Scottell pages, I'm intellectual Pass more essays than motorcade Police parades do we sell a More beef than delays, thus what I vent is just What you lust to vent is eat relay huh. Hallelujah, Pharaoh march do ya Maintain the same frame of mind, screw ya Get the picture, sit your seat your Greet ya with scripture, I'm equipped to rip your reach Pharaoh and Moses, verbal osmosis, ghost to coast, we boast to be the most explosive here. Ferocious, the lyrical prognosis, your dosage is leaving you mentally unfocused there. MCs, just come on round, you're the next contestant, so I'll catch a beat down. Don't be hesitant, sound cracks the sediment, it's evident, we medicine for your whole town. Sky's the limit, game's infinite when I'm in it, all windows is in it, seeing me when I'm in it. Rap, we got it on lock, man, stop that, put that mic back down, boy, drop that. Pharaohs, flows, blow shows like afros We hate y'all though, that's my Nate dog Oh no, niggas ain't scared to hustle It's been seven days, the same clothes Ask them originals, cause they know All step, Nate dog, very roll Step away from the mic, they too cold Both my friends to your nose Niggas ain't scared to hustle It's been seven days, the same clothes Ask them originals, cause they know All step, neck dog, very roll Step away from the mic, they too cold Both my fracks to your nose, 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 nose. Oh no! Look at who they let in the back door From Long Beach to Brooklyn, they know We rock from the east to west coast Queens salute you, baby Okay, we're back. And um I'm not sure if you guys have been checking out the website lately, but hopefully you have. And if you have, Rams wrote a really decent article last week. Um it was regarding You're welcome. It was regarding um <laughs> the the return of the Tomb Raider movies. Uh, I guess they're gonna reboot the franchise. So, you know, Rams wrote an article, you know, speculating on who could be the next potential Lara Croft. 
and you know he um he listed how many did you list again? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, he lived. He listed fifteen hot actresses who could potentially play Lara Croft. So, um, do you want to speak on that? And you know why you chose certain actresses and who you really want to get it? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, so yeah, they're basically rebooting uh, Tomb Raider. GK Films bought the right to it and stuff. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're looking for basically a new Lara Croft, taking it back to the whole origins, because that's how you do it, really. Um, you know, you make your films, make your whole sequence to it, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you just go back to the beginning. And you make sequels to the second movie, which no one completely remembers from, but... Like Fast and Furious in a sense, except they didn't do prequels. They just did like all over the place shots. Yeah, they went all over the all over the place with that movie. <laughs> yeah, they did. There's like Tokyo Drift is actually um, second. Then it's Too Fast, Too Furious, or something. Then no. No, they they see, did um they did the first one. Then they did um they did Too Fast, Too Furious with Tyrese. And then they did Tokyo Drift, and then but they Tokyo went. Tokyo Drift had Dom in there. Spoilers, by the way, it's not in it, but you're kind yeah. of weird. Yeah, he having... comes in. He comes in right at the end, and then they go back yeah. to the original. Like they they do a sequel to the original, basically after that. And now yeah, I don't I don't know what they've done now. No, they're doing Fast Five, but in Fast and Furious, it's like. Um, in the beginning of it, it's that Chinese guy, he says, um, no, Japanese guy, sorry, he goes, um, no, I'm, I'm going back to Tokyo, blah, 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 I gotta run this thing, and it's him from Tokyo Drift, the guy who dies, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so it's all over the place, but, but you, you know what, you know what I don't, I didn't like about that, though, like, I swear, um, the fourth movie, or whatever, is called Fast and Furious, which is the same name as the first movie, so it's like confusing because yeah, but they they took off the the definitive really. They took out the, so it's not the and the Furious. It's just Fast and Furious. Oh, it's still confusing. Which technically, makes it. It's, <laughs> it's still confusing. It's not allowed. <laughs> um, it, it still counts as a sequel, unfortunately. So you know what the best part was though. They killed off Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. <laughs> that was they the just worst. Killed her. What are you on about? Terrible. No offense. <laughs> kind of. But I, I just don't like her characters all the time. She just, I just, she annoys me. But <laughs> back to Tomb Raider, our original talk and stuff. Hey, yeah. So. Looking at different actresses which can play a young sort of approach to Lara Croft, I picked out 15 that were kind of, some are in their 30s, maybe late 30s, but I was looking more towards like, that are still in their 20s, around the, between 25 to maybe 30, 
age, because at the end of the day, the women in like the movie world, they can still look incredibly young, for whatever age they are and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I thought I picked out a good bunch of people that could play. I got well, I got typically Megan Fox is in that list, which you know it's kind of perfect for her in a sense that role of being a craft consumer. But the problem is, is she can't act. And judging by her attitude as well, I don't think she'll be able to be interested in pulling off the British accent as well. Yeah, she probably uh, wouldn't be good at it. Huh? She probably wouldn't be good at it. Exactly, it'll just be like a really lazy voice and then, you know, they'll just let her do anything because she blew the director or something like that, I don't know. Uh, Um... But yeah, no, because again, Angelina Jolie was pretty much perfect for Lara Croft. She nailed the role really well. The problem was, the movies just kind of sucked. So, I, I actually, I actually haven't seen all of them. Are they uh, something I, I should watch? Not, not really. I mean, if you like Angelina Jolie a lot, then possibly. Because um, again, she does she does a pretty good job as Lara Croft, but the film in general it ain't that entertaining in a sense. There's something iffy about the movie, which kind of makes it not good, <laughs> basically. But typically, Megan Fox was kind of like the young portrayal of Angelina Jolie. Everyone said she would like, you know, looks exactly like her, can take her role as Lara Croft along with every other role they started putting her in like Supergirl and all that crap shouts to um, shouts to my coalition colleague Anthony Frazier but yeah he's big on Megan Fox and he he keeps saying that she should become like the new Angelina Jolie because Angelina Jolie's getting old so um, (laughs) he's saying Megan Fox should, should just basically replace her and start doing her roles But that's kind of just a typical comment from Fraser, like hearing his stuff from the coalition and stuff. But no, shouts to him, whatever. It's an interesting one. People, a lot of people say that Megan Fox is the new Angelina Jolie, but unfortunately, she's not. She really isn't. She can't act. <laughs> she just doesn't seem too great at it. And um, if she's trying either. It's it does seem like she's getting her looks more to get roles than it than to actually you know, try hard and audition for the roles and everything like that. So it's literally perfect for her to be Lara Croft. I mean, she's got the look, she's got the body incredibly. Um, she's probably athletic as well, and taking all the stunts and drops, especially when she was in the Transformers set as well. She's into like go all crazy and whatnot, but it's her attitude that really needs fixing if she wants to be the next Lara Croft whereas my opinion is of Adette Annabelle which probably everyone will be like who? <laughs> and uh, confused as why the hell have I said a fish name but Adette Annabelle is really really pretty and she looks pretty much the closest to Lara Croft especially a young Lara Croft as well she's like 25 at the moment 
and they're going to start filming Lara Croft in 2000... Well, they're filming it next year, and they're expecting a 2013 release. If we're still here. If we're still here, apparently. The world is ending 21st December, so let's mark that down on our calendars. Um, but yeah, other Annabelle, I think she's she's really pretty and she can act. She's been in um, uh, Cloverfield as well as that horror movie. Can't remember the name of it now, but it's with the one where she finds out he had a little brother who died, and he's like stalking everyone, doing everything. Um, I can't remember the name. The Unborn. That's the one. The Unborn. Have you seen it? Yeah. Is any good? Um. See, I I remember watching two horror films, and one was bad, one was good. I think The Unborn was good. So, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. You can say it on that for now, but then after this, it'll be like, oh, man, yeah, The Unborn was shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the other one was that I saw that was shit. Um, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll remember it later. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but I, I think she's really practically perfect. She's got the body as well, brightly built. I think she could make a good attempt at a British accent. Um, basically, she just seems like a woman that will act and will kind of take responsibility. Uh, yeah, I think she's a good choice. Who do you think should be a good Lara Croft? Uh, I mean, initially my choice was Megan Fox as well, you know, the generic choice. <laughs> the but, generic. <laughs> but when I saw your list, um, I saw some pretty good candidates, and um, I'm going to go check it out right now and <laughs> see, because I, I, I know there was one in there that I thought, yeah, she she looks like she's capable of doing the job. I put in um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as well because she's kind of like my dark horse pick. Uh, she was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. She was the lead female in that. I forgot her name. The one that keeps changing her hair colour. But she's hot. Cool. <laughs> and also, um, she's English as it is. So she's got the accent down. As well as she's a good actress. The problem is she looks possibly nothing like Lara Croft or even a young Lara Croft she's young herself and I think if she was picked per se to be Lara Croft be that type of role which the fan base of Tomb Raider wouldn't actually mind because she's that down to earth she's yeah. really calm and approachable and um, again she's quite a decent actor and a very good looking person yeah. So, not not to um not to cut you off, but Lizzie Kaplan looks very good in heels. Who? Lizzie Kaplan. Is that on list? Yeah, that last chick. Oh, the last one. Ah, damn it! Because we're bo- we're both looking at the list right now, and mine's taking ages to load. Yeah, she was in Cloverfield as well, actually, and um. Yeah, she's cool. She's pretty hot as well. Um, but her age might restrict her. There's quite a few people I put in here, which unfortunately age would 
um, probably be a factor in like their roles. Like I put uh, Yumi Rapacent. You you know the Twilight chick that you put in um, Nikki Reed. Who does she play yeah. in Twilight? Is she um? She's it, that um, weird. Is she the vampire? No. Oh, I so she's, she's the she's the main character or what? No, 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 no. The main character is Kristen Stewart, and she can't oh. act for shit, which is why I did not put her in the. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember who this chick is though from Twilight. Um, see now I'm gonna have to expose myself as saying I watched Twilight. <laughs> is she one of the vampires? I'm trying to. She's not one of the vampires. She's the kind of bitchy schoolgirl one. Oh, okay. So she's um, she's the main character's friend. Yeah, but she bitches a lot in there. Oh, okay, yeah, I know, well. I know who it is. What I watched it. In. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. she, I don't think she would be a good Lara Croft. <laughs> I put her in the list anyway. Thanks for exposing me, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not exposing you. I'm just saying, like, I'm just, yeah, that's a diss to her, not you. No, but I had to mention I, I watched Twilight. <laughs> Which one did you watch? New Moon, second one. I watched the second one first, and then I watched the first one on TV. And the, well, I watched a quarter of the first one because it just got so irritating to kind of carry on watching. I turned it off. But I watched New Moon in the cinemas, and I joined the list of all the crazy Twilight fans that were to watch it at midnight. Um, and I went to watch it because I didn't want to go. I didn't want my friend to go alone. Oh, God, I'm making this worse for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want my friend to go alone, so I thought, for company, I'll go see a movie. And it's fun watching a movie at midnight anyway. Um, yeah, I'm oh sure it was God, very fun. What does it mean? Huh? What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> but carrying on from the list. Uh, yeah, um, I think I, um, who who's this chick? Um, wait, what's her name? Gemma Gemma Arterton. Yeah, she's hot. She's she's from the UK as well. She's British, and she was in Bond. She was one of the Bond girls who died. In uh, Quantum of Solace. Oh, okay, yeah, I think her like like she has the perfect look for Lara Croft in my opinion, and she's super hot, so I I, I would have to go with her. <laughs> she's really really pretty. Uh, she's absolutely gorgeous. But in, like Saint Trinian's and Bond, uh, and she was tipped to be in the Aliens prequel, which has now changed completely to Prometheus, something like that. Um, she's been in quite things, but she's and she's also like built kind of a decent reputation for herself. But she's really hot. I put her in there because again, she's got the she's got a nice build to her. She um, got the accent down, and yeah, she could be an interesting choice. Um, I got Katie Cassidy as well, who's one of the blonde actresses I put in there. But again, she's got she's got the physique. She can act, I think. 
I hope. Um, she's one of my dark horse choices as well because she can dye her hair black as well, brunette, and she's oh, wow. hot. Man. That chick was um Tamara Drew. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the one, Tamara Drew. She did her Drew movie, Jim Arterton. So yeah, she's really hot. She's really really hot. And she was in yeah, Sands um, of Time. Fast one as well. Why? Stop IMDBing it. <laughs> While she was, while she was in Rock and Roller. Yeah, Gary's discovered movie databases. I'm gonna leave him to it for a while. Let's see what else he can discover. <laughs> <laughs> I just love these revelations that you make. Like a few weeks, we mentioned um, Gary just watched Star Wars and uh, all of it from one to six. And he was so happy. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, coming up to me talking about all these stars, like, things that. That, that was a big achievement for me. How he prefers the first three prequels to the last three uh, Star Wars, which a lot of people might have arguments to say about that. No, I don't. I don't prefer the. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to really decide. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I like them a lot better in terms of quality, you know, production quality and sound and you know. I, um, definitely, it was like update at the time and everything. But I don't know. It's it's hard for me to really pick a best one. I, like it keeps changing. Which one's my favorite? <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, now he's just discovered who Jim Arterton really is, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of her now. <laughs> big fan, big big fan of Gemma Arterton. I know, I, I love her as well. I think she's she's talented as well. That's the thing. You don't get a lot of pretty girls who are quite talented. But she did like a really decent role in I think it was a thriller or a horror movie. Um, and she she got really noticed for that as well. So. She's a decent choice, but I'm going to stick with Odette Annabelle. I think she's just absolutely gorgeous. and <laughs> She looks the closest to Lara Croft, in my opinion, and especially a young one. If you look at the picture on the article, which uh, you can check out. Wait, on, let me uh, see which one's Annabelle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. <laughs> God, so <sake. laughs> <laughs> It's like I have to wait for you. Make your choice. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, now, I'm not. As, I'm not as clued up on the movie world as you, man. You have to. You have to give me some time to catch up, man. I'm behind. Fair enough. Oh, you knew we were going to talk about this. <laughs> Do your damn research. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, yeah, but I, I think I don't, Annabelle. Um, I added in there like Blake Lo- Lo- Le- Le- Lively, Lively, Blake Lively, the girl from Gossip, <laughs> the Gossip Girl, and she's in Green Lantern as well. I added her in because obviously she's like one of the up rising actresses in the movie world, and you never know with Hollywood studios how they take it. It's like music records <laughs> with Hollywood studios to just. Yeah, the, the unborn, the unborn, that the unborn, that was the shit movie I'm talking about. 
Like, I didn't like that one. I didn't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Oh, dear. But yeah, carry on. I was! Alright, okay, basically, um, she's my choice, whatever the case, so shut your face. (laughs) If not her, then Joni. Well, I'm I'm not saying that I'm born with shit because of her, but, you know, it was a shit movie overall. Yeah, the poster was nice, it had a shot of a bum, I don't care. (laughs) I never saw the movie myself, so... I don't, I don't know, but I, she's quite a decent actress and quite underrated as well, so this would kind of just basically, whoever takes kind of the Tomb Raider role, it would, it, it's like a balance. Wow, she was in Kindergarten Cop? Damn, that was like ages ago. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we just move on? (laughs) Alright, I'm, I'm off. I'm off IMDb now. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it's cool. I've, I've actually got nothing to say other than you know, whoever does take the role of Lara Croft, it can either be something of a franchise that can carry on and build upon the star, build upon a new star, or it can just absolutely crush the actor's career as a whole. And you know, uh, yeah, it can it? basically it can make or break, you know. Yeah, awesome. pretty much that. I should have just said that from the start, but yeah, it can make or break you, and um, it's more fragile because they're taking it back to the beginning now. They're taking it to the whole origins route. So yeah, other than that, you guys can let us know your opinions, guys and girls. Can let us know your opinions on um, who you think could be the next Lara Croft. Maybe check out the article itself on the front page or the front feature window for now um, or just type it in the comments below of this dual perspective episode and what you think now we can move on Gary before you interrupt me first with your <laughs> knowledge of people yeah I'm sorry I get excited when I find stuff out like that but <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's okay but yeah, you, you should have seen me when I found out um um Christian Bale was British. That was a big <laughs> that was a big revelation for me. What? Yeah, that was quite odd when we found that out in all honesty. I kind of I had no, I I won't be mean and say I distanced myself from you for a bit. But uh, Was you even there when yeah, I found out? No, I, I do remember you messaging me though, saying Christian Bell's British, man. Like, <laughs> yes, okay. He was like, I didn't know that. A lot of people don't know is that. A lot of people didn't know Hugh Laurie was British in America anyway. Um, the guy who plays House uh, in the TV show. People just thought he was American all that time, but then he came out with this, with his natural act in the Golden Globes and everyone got confused so yeah revelations for Gary Swaby episode 2 we should document these yeah we should <laughs> last time it was Star Wars this time it's um, female actresses 
next week it's it's going to be something else I, I, I don't know I don't want to say anything see your shocked expressions <laughs> <laughs> have you come to me going hey did you know this yes yes okay. <laughs> indeed but <laughs> let's go to the next topic which All is right. um, so, so yeah um, the next topic is um, you know our top five albums of the last decade. So, um, yeah, me, both me and Rams, we we knocked up a list of our top five albums, consisting mostly of hip hop. And uh, yeah, so who's gonna go first? Do we flip a coin or what? Uh, you can go first, unless you flip a coin, because they're okay. quite fun to do. Wait, let, let me just double check that one of these albums was actually in the last decade because I'm not quite sure. Whilst you're checking, I will say, because um, I listened to various uh, music, it was quite hard for me to pick my choice album. So if you disagree with mine, just don't Damn. be too harsh. Yeah, this album came out in 2000. So, um. Are you gonna shall we shall we let it be included? Crap the it, last decade. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah, the past yeah, ten years. Oh no wait, my albums ah oh, except one of my albums isn't really in the last decade. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, we've just made a list of Oh, let's just allow it anyway, because I mean, you know, last year was 2010, and we're only just starting off with 2011. So I mean, from 2000 up to 2010, let's say that. So. Oh yeah, no, wait. All my albums are fine. They're on the. Uh, they've been in the last decade, except one album, which uh, I will change along the way or th- thinking about it. So. Yeah, you, do you want to go first? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, the, I'm right. this is... I'm, I'm right. All my albums are in the last decade. I rule. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's cool. In your... <laughs> yeah, right. so... So, these albums are... Yeah, these are... My top five favorite albums. Yeah, I have a lot of albums that I liked in the past decade, but it's, it's impossible for me to, you know, list all because it's got to be five. I had to pick five. So, you know, um, this is in no particular order. Um, the first album, and I'm sure everyone would have guessed this who knows me, is Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent. Because, uh, this album, you know, it just made a big impact on hip hop when it came out. Um, when 50 came back after being shot, you know, he made a big impact. You know, he had a, a big buzz in the streets. He, he had a big New York buzz. He was touring off of a mixtape. And then his affiliation with Eminem came. He got signed to Shady Aftermath. And then he dropped Get Rich or Die Trying, which is arguably, you know, one of the best um, gangster rap albums ever. You know, so definitely Get Rich or Die Trying. Um... My second choice, remember this isn't in any order, Um, my second choice is Eminem, Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but the Slim Shady LP and the Marshall Mathers LP are my favourite Eminem albums. 
So, you know, I had to put this on here and I have many um, memories you know, of listening to this album. Like this album basically ruled my life throughout high school. You know, this was all I used to listen to throughout high school. And, you know, me and my friends would listen to it. We would quote lyrics and songs. And, you know, it was just it was just the album that. You know how you have that one album that represents a, a period of your life. You know this was my high school album. You know this represented me as an adolescent teen, basically. So yeah, that album definitely is one of my favorites for the past decade. Um, I think Eminem strong, like he he was at that anger period. Of people's lives where they could relate to what he's talking about and stuff. He even mentioned it in his own songs. Yeah, I mean, there was enough lyrics on this album that um, kind of, that I I could relate to as well. Like um, you know, on one track he was talking about not knowing his father and stuff like that, and that was exactly me at that point. You know, because I didn't know my father or nothing, and you know. No <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yeah, Stan. He was talking about he don't know his father and stuff. So, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, that's a good album actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, next one is Kanye West graduation. Uh, this is my favorite Kanye West album. Uh, I mean, I could have said um his first album, but yeah. I mean, it was a really good album, you know, his debut one, and it represented like a new age of hip hop coming. But Graduation is just the album I enjoyed listening to the most of his. Yeah, like it had great production. I loved, I love almost every beat on this album. And you know, aside from the track with Wheezy, you know, I can play this from start to finish. So. You know, definitely a great album right there. I love the track with um Chris Martin, and then um then of course there's flashing lights and can't tell me nothing. That song is my shit. I play that anytime somebody pisses me off. Like that's my song. So yeah, yeah, definitely um, that album. In the graduation album, which one was Lil Wayne in? Uh, Barry Bonds. Was he? Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, he was. Shit. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't realize it because that is a good album. Uh, I just did not realize it was on that track. That's probably why because I I didn't listen to that track. I so <laughs> it was like automatic skip. <laughs> <laughs> Song came on. But fair enough. That's a good album, definitely. Yeah. And um, next, I will have to say um, Jay-Z Black Album Because um, in my opinion you know, And this, this opinion still stands now This was his last good album You know, from front to back Anything he's brought out since Has kind of, you know Not been as good as his earlier stuff So um, I would have to say Black Album Because I mean yeah, he was saying he was going to retire and everything after this album. And if he did, he would have truly went out with a bang because this album was just crazy. It was amazing. 
And um, I actually got the chance to see him perform, you know, perform this stuff live because I went to a concert and Jay-Z performed. And, you know, he was um, performing Black Album material, plus, it, you know, all his old classics as well. So, yeah, I definitely had to say that album. And also, uh, I had to, you know, I had to put a UK album in here somewhere. So I put Klashnikov Sagas off. Uh, if you guys don't know of Klashnikov, just YouTube him or Google him or whatever. And th- this album was amazing. Like, it was a- an amazing UK album. Um, I mean, it's, it's another one of those albums I can just put on and, you know, just jam to for for an hour or so. So, yeah, definitely had to say that. So, yeah, that's my five, ten, I mean, my five top albums of the past decade. And um, like I said, I mean, there's more I could think of that would be honorable mentions and such. But, you know, I just, it, I have to single it down to five. So, you know, that's what I came up with. So, yeah. You got any comments before you give out yours or... Um, no, I mean, I, I kind of agree with the Kanye West one. Like, for me, I'll be honest, like, I, I didn't really listen much to college dropout because at the time, you know, I, I wasn't really a hip-hop head, per se. And um, I listened more to Late Registration, which kind of got me into Kanye West. And then I listened to eventually my beautiful dark twisted fantasy which got me out of listening to Kanye <laughs> uh, but in general Graduation was a really really good album I enjoyed it as well just as you mentioned Chris Mark uh, Homecoming that was a good song Flashing Lights was brilliant um, everyone went nuts when it appeared on GTA 4 as well Did I watch the song I need <laughs> um uh, what ones you, you mentioned Eminem my my favourite Eminem album I suppose right now is the Eminem show which has a lot of cool tracks on there to be honest but fair enough the LPs as well uh, 50 Cent was typical I was just waiting for that one <laughs> um, yeah no good list man good list in my opinion in, for the last decade that's a good list Cool. So, go ahead and give yours. My list. Alright. Um, the first album, like, my interest in hip-hop pretty much grew into around 2000, 2005. Uh, that's when it started for me. And, like, because I was a big rock fan, like, way before everything but then when the whole emo scene came into it uh, it really died down for me because it was like it was to the point where people were making depression as a joke and um, yeah, I'm not saying I, I was depressed at the time and I loved moody music or anything so I just loved rock and I just loved the whole style of it at the time but emo took piss really it just took the point where this whole trend came into it and like 
people were just acting stupid and you know when MySpace came into it as well everyone was the whole you know the MySpace pose with the camera above your face you're looking away as if you're not taking a photo of yourself and all of a sudden there's a flash and it's like oh someone took a photo of me and I look so cool I'm going to post it on my MySpace page so I get girls to comment it and stuff <laughs> my hair is over one eye I can't see it <laughs> you can't see through eyes all that shit basically but yeah my my uh, whole hip hop love started in 2004 and it started through this album of who I consider as a legend uh, Must Death The New Danger the first song I heard literally like the first song I gave a listen to listening to the lyrics and the beats and stuff was Get A Rock and it was amazing I just played it non-stop I played it when I woke up I went to college during college coming back from college eating my food and going to sleep I was just addicted to that song it's absolutely mental um, and then I heard the app as a whole and I heard Zimzala Bim and uh, Freaky Black Greetings uh, Sunshine uh, the one he did with Ludacris as well Champions Requiem uh, The Jump Off that's the track uh, you know that whole album was just absolutely amazing there was parts of it which was beautiful and then there was parts of it which were absolutely ferocity in his um and lyrics and words and the storytelling he does is absolutely amazing Modern Marvel is an amazing track on there as well so thanks to The New Danger I pretty much got into hip hop and I fell into the right side of the hip hop things rather than the wrong such as of what we hear now that's more popular than uh, I'm pointing at you Bill Wayne <laughs> I'm, I'm in no way going to be a fan of him but yeah Must Death and New Danger is my one pick mine's not in any order either but it's more in the order of what I heard so Must Death was pretty much what started it for me and time and time again I've boosted the second album I've boasted about how amazing it is and it's Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor it's his first studio album, and it's the album which properly, properly brought me in, in part myself, like, started to write lyrics, listening to this just fresh beats, this fresh, like, sort of approach to hip-hop. Because the problem for me was that in, in that genre, it was always about the same things, like girls, cars and monies, uh jewellery, same old topics of, you know... Distrib- no, you know, promoting drug distributing and, you know, fucking a girl that you're never going to get in your life. But then again, I was quite young and confused, so <laughs> I-, I wouldn't know what the hell they're on about. But you kind of get that sense that everyone was just doing the same thing, walking the same way, cha- dressing the same way. When Luca Fiasco came on TV with Kick Push, it was different. It was like he was himself. He just wore clothes like regular people. He just talked about a regular situation, skateboarding and everything like that. And then we heard Daydreaming and he kind of kind of went against like the whole machine route, you know, as 
this whole robot themed uh, world. And I, I just fell in love with the album, got the album, and every track. It's possibly one of them I can remember lyrics off of from every track. That's how good it is to me. Um, so, Lupe Fiasco, Food and Liquor is my second choice of the album in the past decade. Third is another album which I can't relate it to easily, as well as remembering all the lyrics from every track, except maybe one or two. It's Fort Minor, The Rising Tide. Um, being a big fan of rock at the time as well, I was a fan of Linkin Park. And Mike Schindler was my favorite group. So when hearing he like a uh, hip hop group himself, which uh, had Ryu, Tak, Stars of Beyond, and another guy, I can't remember, Kenner. I think had Kenner anyway. Uh, they were this whole group called Fort Minor, and they released The Rising Tide, and the songs were just. The lyrics are quite simple in that, but at the same time, it's complex and it's relatable and it's hitting hard in you because it's like they're just saying it straight up what they want to say. It's like, whoa, fair enough. It's like there's a topic, say what you want to say in that topic, make a beat, make your music. And that's how it was with that whole album. The Rising Tide's just amazing on it. So that was another album which I just kept listening to over and over again and I thought was a part of this whole fresh approach to hip-hop, like bringing back the whole idea of telling the story. <clears throat> telling the story, but also make modern, like making it approachable for that era of time, which I think was about 2005, 2006. I don't... I can't remember. Um... Another album is my fourth album, even. It's Mustaf's partner in crime, basically. Talib Kweli and Eardrum. Um, he's done a lot of albums. Uh, I, I didn't know if I could have picked The Beautiful Struggle. I don't know if that was within the decade it came out in. But Eardrum was properly where I got to listen to Talib Kweli speak. Like in rhythm and rhyme and he's amazing uh, he's an absolute legend it's like he doesn't even have to speak in the beat but you know what he's saying and you know how he's saying it you know the meaning behind his words and you're just like wow it's just if you had his style because it's quite hard in a sense when you want to try and just speak over a track rather than keeping rhythm over a track in my case I, I find that quite a difficult task but he just does it with such ease and grace <clears throat> uh, I think you know he's just absolutely amazing the first track Everything Man just got me hooked on it straight away I know the whole complete first verse of it and I just think it's beautiful the way he says it um, Hostile Gospel it's a good track uh, The New Day the track which is dedicated to his kids that was a really nice one in general, Talakwali, you know, the past albums he's done has just been over and over again brilliant. And also, I say partner in crime with Mustaf because he's part of Blackstar. Great album as well, but 
<clears throat> Again, don't think I could put that within the decade, or I could have. I'm losing my voice. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Wait, which album? Uh, right. <laughs> um, the Black Star album. I think that was actually released within. Uh, the oh, that decade. that was uh '98. Oh, okay, no, released within a decade. So, yeah, I couldn't include that. But um, yeah, definitely, eardrums worth listening to. It's such an amazing album. Um, yeah. Fifth, I had a problem with choosing. Uh, I'm still kind of deciding my fifth choice right now because it's it's pretty hard. Let's be honest, it's pretty difficult for me. It must be for you as well. Yeah. But I'm gonna go with the gym class heroes because. They're a fusion of rap and rock at the same time, and obviously from jumping one genre to another, I still listen to rock here and there, mind you. I've still got Block Party listed as my favourite band, uh, Incubus, Friendly Fires, Claxons uh, are really cool. I'm more into the British style of rock bands than I am of American approach, though there are some good bands there in Ireland, I think. But Jim Class Hero kind of had the fusion <clears throat> of rap and rock. Like Linkin Park in a sense, and maybe like Fort Mark. But with Jim Class Heroes, again, it was like Travi McCoy uh, rapped about life issues as well. What is kind of technically expected? He spoke about his whole life approach. And um, the album I pick is As Cruel As School Children, I think it's called. Yeah, it's uh, as cool as school children. It's got possibly my favourite song in there, which is the first track. Uh, no, second track, sorry, Shoot Down the Stars. I, I listened to that when I was kind of trying to be inspired because I love the lyric. Um, take a step back, take a breath in, let it out now. Uh, put your hands up, you can do it in Tiger. You a man now, when the dream is time to do the best you can now. Um, I thought it was just like I know it's about his cousin Tiger who's now in Young Money and looks like a midget little um, I know it's him that part but at the same time you could relate it to yourself you could relate it to other people's um, passion and try and push themselves to the limits and everything and Shoot Down the Stars was kind of that song where he, about how he got into the music biz how he kind of approached it, you know, selling 15 uh, mixtape albums of his out of the back of his car, no, trunk of his car and stuff like that. Um, I think you can blatantly see everyone else go through that and everything. A lot of people that always try and be hopeful in the music business um, just want to be heard and just want to push through for themselves. So, yeah, that's, that's I've got to say it's my fifth choice for album best albums in the decade again I, I kind of got into the whole hip hop scene in around 2004 I'd say so <clears throat> if my choices are a bit bland or, or crap my bad but um, yeah. that's the type of hip hop got into and yeah that's, that's my book on it all 
what you yeah, think? Yeah, that's that's a cool list. Um, definitely agree with the Talib Kweli and Mustaf. Um, actually, um, one of Talib Kweli's could have been in my top five. Um, Quality, I loved that album. That's a wicked yeah. album. It's such a good album. That. Yeah. But wasn't that in the nineties? No, so that that was two thousand two. Oh, was it? Yeah. Fair enough. Ah, I'm so old. <laughs> We're so old for this. <laughs> I don't even know. Speaking of flipping. Pillars in the night. That's that. Drum was probably what I listened to. Of, um, Talib. And the beautiful struggle as well. I think Eardrum kind of. Yeah. Eardrum kind of started his blacksmith as well. So he was taking this approach with young artists coming through as well. So that was cool. And it was the first time I heard Jean Grey as well, who's a badass female. Yeah, she she's great. <laughs> female MC, she's hardcore. She's really really good, and she seems like down to earth as well when you hear her on interviews and stuff like that. So, cool stuff. <clears throat> Are we making an article on this? Like, yeah, we're um we're gonna do an article on um the Epic Network's top ten albums of all time. You know, and both me and Rams are gonna contribute to that. Uh, we're gonna be arguing and, you know, kind of beating each other up over it, but, you know, we'll come to a conclusion. That's the fun part. So, look out for that. Cool, cool, cool. And, um, also leave your, um, top five of the decade in the comments. We would love to hear from you guys and what you guys think. Cause, you know, yeah. everyone, Everyone has different tastes. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with that being said, you know, that was our final topic. So um, we're going to go into our our track number two, which is my choice. And it's another track featuring Nate Dogg. Um, this track is very addictive. You know, I chose I chose it because it's one of Nate Dogg's most addictive songs to me personally, and um, it's the track with Shade Shyst featuring Corrupt and Nate Dogg. This is where I want to be. So yeah, enjoy the track, and uh, we'll be back after for our final thoughts, and then we're gone. Shit gon' change, Mr. Quick to buy a chain, Mr. Let the chain hang, showing off the bras. I'm Mr. Quick to get the bang. Now you might catch shites getting bitten every coast. Still the nigga with the heat, getting rid of every coast. Still fucking with mids, we run triz when we bored, and you know I got the X. Twenties what they hitting for? See me if you wanna score, cause I got what you need. Or you can see me at the club, tinted SUV, getting in for free. I'm about to make my name known. Shice full of heist, still is this just to get it on board? With my loved one 
get on some weed You got chronic, won't you light it up Check this out You see how I figure this thing We can all take over this game If we come together, do the shit right We can all have a piece of the pie no. How I figure this out I just took a little trip down south so I set foot off the plane It was just like a family thing no. The gangsters hard to deceive So I, I took a little trip to the east I'm not Slow so I can't wait for the game I'm not Broke so I'm in bulletproof everything Touchdown and act like I think They ain't Dripping off nothing but fame So I Quickly dispose of my shame If we, if we Ain't got us nigga where I wanna be Show me something I ain't never seen A step in the house party with a gangster lean Dog pound gangster, we striking back again Ready to ride in the lack again Giving it up for T-Boz and Mac-10 for doing it This ain't nothing but a gangster reunion New York and California, the places to be Name dog and corrupt broadcast for free We at the doghouse, where the dogs at? You wanna get with me, baby, meet me in the back Young Damien Young, this is number two Riding out, baby, doing what we wanna do Facebook and stuff, and uh, I will join Twitter in my own time for during the summer holidays once my whole university craziness has died down. <clears throat> but to anyone that's listening to this on my Facebook list and knows that I post up uh, the articles and whatnot, and please don't assume that you just read my articles and then take some link from elsewhere only to then post it up as you, as if you found the link, as if you found the video. Because this has happened to me quite a few times now. I know there's people that click my link, click my articles, read what I have to say, but then you go to a completely different source <laughs> and then just credit yourself as saying, look what I found. 
and you pushed it up. He's like, I found it. I what? So, so for example, you find a video, okay. you write an article about it, and then they post the link to the video on theirs, and then say that they found it. Yes. Yes. Why not just share the page? You know. And what's the stupid thing about it is you post it up, and then you post it up to the friends who are also on my list. So they'll be reading it anyway from mine. You don't need to remind them. <laughs> you don't need to remind them with a different link. Yeah, man. If any, if what? anything, just share our link, man. That's what it's there for, man. Exactly. I'm trying to network on this damn piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> trying to network, and you're all just like picking on me. No, but seriously, um, yeah, just share the pages. Uh, I mean, I don't mind if you get the link from elsewhere, but don't just claim you for yourself. You know, I do my research. I make you all happy in these times of difficulty, university and shit. So, I mean, yeah, this is why Twitter is better, man. Twitter is better because it's so easy, <laughs> so easy to just click retweet, and then you know whoever made the original thing, you know their their credentials are there, and okay. everyone else gets to see it. So, yeah. <sighs> I'll be on Twitter soon enough. This, you can follow Gary, at Gary Swaby, but in the, yeah, that's what you're gonna have to do in the meantime. Oh, uh, uh, I'd, I'd like to make an uh, acknowledgement as well. Um, the past Saturday gone was Rams's birthday, so uh, I hope you guys sent him happy birthday messages on Facebook. He doesn't have Twitter okay. yet, so you know. But yeah, <laughs> I, I bought him a present. So once he goes back to his house in Luton, he will find it. So yeah. Yeah, that's much appreciated. Yeah, I had a good birthday. Um, I had a lot of people saying happy birthday as well, which was nice. Um, it was a chilled out day, but unfortunately, you know, the day before that, it was the Japan earthquake and tsunami, which it's been pretty rough. In this week, to be honest, you know, not only of the passing of Nate Dog, but also around the world, it includes Libya's sort of situation and um, Japan with the earthquake and tsunami, and now the volcano, and now also it's over there apparently. Yeah, so um, it's Americans are beginning to Americans are shitting themselves now because um. That radioactive cloud from Japan is is um, approaching America on um, the California yeah, side. It's yeah, the west side. Yeah, Hawaii as well and stuff like that. It's gonna hit I mean, California. So, so um, Angela, if you're watching, get out of California. <laughs> we don't we don't want you to get radiated. Our number one fan. <laughs> Sorry, you're so right that you mentioned this. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's really bad what's happened uh, in the last few days and the whole of last week. Uh, there is a donation you can make. Might as well plug it in because. Um, if you can't make it, as long as the awareness is there, that's all that matters. 
uh, to Red Cross. You can donate however much you want to. Um, I've donated. Uh, yeah, they had like a selection of what price you want to donate, and I just put in my money. And yeah, well, well thoughts and prayers go out to the people that have been affected, and wherever they are, you know, you're always thought about, no matter what. Um, the same goes with the Libya situation. Keep staying strong. Uh, it's pretty yeah. sad because, like, because <laughs> I've I've wanted to go to Japan for years now and, and Tokyo, and then this happens, and it's like, damn, I still want to go. Like, I mean, I, I wish I was there to help, but I mean, yeah, I, I've always wanted to go there, man, and that's always been one of the places I wanted to go to. Um, New York was one America was one I've been there Done that So Japan was kind of The next thing for me So yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad That that happened Yeah It's, it's crazy Because obviously As well With like Job opportunities um, Places in Japan Opened up a lot more But now With the whole situation The economy itself Is just Going psycho Right now But It's been An interesting week well, not interesting. It's been a difficult week, if anything. So, all we can do is hope and keep whatever situations and our thoughts and actually give a care in the world. So, hoping all the best fixes itself soon enough. Um, that's my final thoughts. What about right. yours? Uh, yeah, I, I share those. I share those final thoughts. And um, I'm trying to think. Did I have anything else to say? Um, no. But if you're a gamer, then you know Dragon Age Two that came out, and I think you should all get it. So yeah, that's my final thought. Yeah, do you want to plug in the coalition? Cool. Oh yeah, of course. Co- of course. Check out <laughs> coalition.com. Um, you know, game reviews, album reviews, uh, news, previews, you know, all that kind of stuff. If you're a gamer and you love hip hop, that site is for you. Shouts to the whole coalition team. Um, yeah, shouts to our new guy, Patrick, who reviews PC games and he actually reviewed Dragon Age 2. And, uh, me and Patrick did a RPG podcast as well, you know, cause we, we both love RPG games. So yeah, we launched a new podcast on the Coalition aimed at RPGs. And you know, we, we're going to bring on guests and stuff for that show. It's not just going to be us, you know. So I mean, one time you might hear Rams on there, you know, talking about Mass Effect or something. So okay. yeah, definitely check Maybe. that out. Cool. Is that it? Or anything else? Yeah, that's about it. Shouts to all the fans, everybody who listens. Uh, leave a comment, please. And thanks for making the site grow. Yeah. Uh, Share it with your friends. Once again, rest in peace to Nate Dog. You'll be missed in the hip hop world. Uh, and stay strong everywhere else in the world. Indeed. Peace. <laughs>